coming up. What an excellent day for witchcraft. Well, howdy folks, and welcome to Minute 66 of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we endeavor to examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we'll be your holy guides on this journey through what some have called the scariest movie of all time. All right, so our minute begins with Kara saying, in a fall. And it ends with Kinderman saying, somebody with the spite against the church. Mm, now, hang on, wait just a second here. It begins with them talking about the death of Burke Dennings, and it ends with them talking about the desecration. Is Kinderman on to something? Hmm, that'd be very quick work. It'd be about a minute. Yeah. Um, so even at the very top of this minute, we can see some good acting by uh, Lee J. Cobb here. Kara says, in a fall. Mm-hmm. And Kinderman sort of looks at him. And then, like, like maybe he's sizing him up, right? Uh, deciding whether or not he actually believes that. Um, actually, Keenan, what do we think here? Like, from this little look that he gives Karis, like, how much does Kinderman suspect Karis already knows, if anything? I mean, is that look like, oh, geez, this poor sweet summer child, I'm going to have to <laughs> ruin his innocence by telling him all these graphic details? Or is it like, like, okay, this guy wants to play hardball. He knows why I'm here. He's playing dumb. So now I got to switch tacks. Like, <laughs> yeah, what do you I, think? I think it's, the, I think you could only do it the the second way if you're trying to get, uh, shake down some information. The first one doesn't do anything for you, right? Right. That's, that's not a very good tactical move by you. And yeah, you're right about this good piece of acting by Lee Jacob. Just to remind folks that he invented acting mm-hmm. in the 1930s and 40s. Like he, he helped invent the new style of acting that is very right, different right. from the, the presentation style that we had before. He originally wanted to call it cobbing, but they were like, <laughs> no, you can't. Down. That sounds like something dirty. We right. can't do that. No, 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 no. But Brando was fine with them calling it Brandoing. <laughs> right, right. I mean, he was on Brando from the very beginning, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, but yeah, in any case, he turns away as he says, let me tell you how. And yeah, uh, just he, one more thing. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Right. How does he talk? He's like, it's like oh, just one more thing. Uh, just one well, more how thing, does Mrs. Peter Falk do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. one more thing. Just right. one more thing. Because right. I know, um, um, what's his name? Uh, Maurice LaMarche, who does The Brain. <laughs> right. Um, he likes to do Peter Falk. And he's like, ah, just one more thing. Just one more thing. Um, yeah, again, like Peter Falk isn't thought about a lot by like younger, like our students don't know Peter Falk, but he was a huge influence. And Columbo specifically, but all of his work on a lot of the people that they like mm-hmm. knew Peter Falk and loved Peter Falk. Yeah, yeah. If if uh, you're you're looking to put a face and a voice to the name, um, if you've seen The Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, right? of course. Yeah, right. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, she doesn't get eaten by the eel. I'm telling you this because you look concerned. <laughs> right, right. And we talked, so I was talking about um, Lee J. Cobb, who helped invent acting as we know it in the 1940s with John Garfield and Marlon Brando and Paul mm-hmm. Newman and Ellie Kazan and all that. Um, and then Peter Falk and his group, I don't know if you, this isn't the Columbo minute, but since, mm-hmm. since Kinderman <laughs> is so similar to Columbo, yeah. Peter Falk and his group, John Cassavetes and mm-hmm. John Cassavetes' wife, Jenna Rollins, mm-hmm. um, they, they made a new style of uh, semi-improvisational acting in the 1970s that was yeah. hugely influential. So basically any like indie film where people get together on the weekends nowadays um, away from their day jobs and they make a film with their friends. Uh, mm-hmm. That is basically a Cassavetes, Falk, Rollins type movie. Ah, okay. Mm-hmm. They should, yeah, if, if we do do a minute, it's got to be called uh, The Falcon Minute. <laughs> Just one Falcon Minute. Just one Falcon Minute. <laughs> we'll say Falcon this and Falcon that, yeah. The Millennium Falcon, yeah, all of that stuff. Okay, but yeah, so in any case, right? Um, 
Uh, he, yeah, he, he sort he, of walks upstage here away from the camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to give you a room here. Right, right. Tell you this um, it's like a little secret. Yeah. Walks a little ways away. And, and Karis can't help but follow him. Right. Right. And that's a human flaw, I think, which we still haven't evolved out of, right? As, as soon as someone starts like whispering or <laughs> they look around and they get real quiet, like we as human beings cannot help but move closer. Like we are hardwired for gossip, for sharing mm-hmm. secrets, for being like privy to uh, exclusive information, right? Like large parts of our collective cultural identity have been built on that fact, even to the point to where like certain manipulative types right narcissists Uh sociopaths like uh, but also like those um uh what do you call it like those self-styled uh pickup artists right well those Um, are narcissists and sociopaths as well well, there we go yeah but like (laughs) Yeah, specifically doing a, a, a thing, right? Like trying right. to pick up, you know, and manipulate um, like other people, other, you know, girls and stuff. Right. Um, There's kind of like the positive side of that is like Dale Carnegie, right? And like how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But even that is, is is some people read that and they're like, oh, this is really gross. Like, yeah, like yeah. tricking you how to be – tricking people into thinking you're charismatic or tricking people to think that you're, you're a friend or that you're worthy right, of trust. Right. I do remember in like oh one one that I'm uh, thinking of right now is the Forty Eight Laws of Power. Oh, I don't by, know that one. That sounds um, gross. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. No, no, no. Like right there, right? Like that 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 title. It's like mm-hmm. hmm, right? Like how to screw everybody else over, uh, right? But no, folks, if you haven't read that, uh, you know, read it for a laugh, but like do it with a grain of salt, right? It 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 that book it reads as if it was written by the devil. Um, <laughs> Or some, or some uh, super villain, like devil esque, you know, uh-huh. person. Um, like just, <laughs> like I, I, I won't get into it here, because, but it is, it is very gross. It's like you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, taking the credit for other people's work and playing, you know, uh, playing dumber to you know outsmart your target and and all of this stuff, right? But your target is like your girlfriend. Yes, right. Terrible, like terrible. Yeah. Um, and it's just yeah, it, it, like. Like the the levels of manipulation um, that that humans are are capable of when they don't have I don't know like empathy or whatever right um, <laughs> it's is scary um, right but so he yeah he he walks over Kinran walks over and then he just waits and so like you know Karis feels compelled right to go mm-hmm. over there to use our word right no um, he's compelled yeah yeah but it, it, it's a little bit like um who was it not ed gein or, or whoever it was but like you know the guy that they're that they're sort of referencing at the beginning of the science of lambs who has the oh, cast yes. on he's like mm-hmm. i need help moving this couch right yes yes yeah. that is um uh yeah that no that is that is uh, again that that's uh another example of this of this human flaw that we have right because mm-hmm. uh, politeness is just like ingrained in us to the point where it can sometimes put us in danger right like Kenan right. is saying right we cannot uh resist um being polite uh like there uh, uh and even what was it? There was there was something. There was some killer who um, a, a guy went over to his house. Like he suspected him, knocked on his door. The guy opened the door, and like every like alarm bell was going off in this in this guy's head. It's like don't go in there, don't go in there. And he goes in there, and uh, later on, the killer is like, "You knew before you walked in this door that like that it was me. Like why did you come in here? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This this would be a much more interesting story if I knew the name and the instance." <laughs> Of this thing. And how it I've ended. And, and how it ended, right? Did he kill him? What happened? I don't – well, he talks to him, so I don't know. He can't he leave me there. Did she get eaten by the eels? I don't – she doesn't get eaten by the eels. <laughs> now, we, we got we to gotta stop this podcast. This is this is where it gets to kissing. Kinderman and Karis, they, they start to kiss and, and you, don't, you don't like that. Oh. You know. <laughs> 
Well, maybe this one time, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kinderman and Karis, they just Aww, they just have a moment, friends, right? Yeah, yeah right. <sighs> okay, <laughs> but yeah, um, and yeah. So, so I think Kinderman knows uh, this this little bit of manipulation, mm-hmm. right? That he's that he's using this tactic here, right? right. Um, and he he didn't need to do that little walk away. He didn't need to uh, say this is strictly com- confidential, right? But it gets Karis over there. It gets him invested, right? They're like on the same team for a little while. Like here's exactly, some you're going to help me solve this. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so he adds that little confidential, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after what I think is another calculated hesitation, he reveals both to Karis and to us, because this is the first time that we're hearing this, that Burke Dennings was found at the bottom of those steps with his head turned completely around. Mm-hmm. So, Keenan, um, this isn't in my notes, but I'm like, I'm I'm visualizing this right now. Mm-hmm. Um what does this look like? Is there any blood or like, does it stay within the net? Like, like, Ew. do you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I don't what know I, if he's killed up there. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. There, it must I, be pretty messy. When you, when you turn somebody's head around. Right. Does it break the skin of their neck? Does it, does it look like, like one of the action figures that we had when we were little? Is there like a, like a, like a very clear line or. <laughs> Or yeah, uh-huh. is it like when you turn your wrist in the sleeve of your shirt and so you don't see anything? Do you know what I, I mean? I think that it stays within the meat sleeve that is Burke mm-hmm. and there's no breakage there. It's okay. sort of – he's still in the bag as it were. Broken Burke in the bag. Right. So I guess I haven't really been thinking about this, like how this would happen. So something mm-hmm. has to break. A bone uh, – at least one bone has to break yeah. for this to happen, right? Yeah. Like a very important bone, like <laughs> one of the one of the good ones, yeah, yeah, one of the <laughs> one of the uh, two hundred two hundred and fifty um, wet bones in there. No, that's that's the break. Pokemon. There's two hundred and fifty Pokemon and more to see. You're thinking of no, there's like there's like ten thousand of those. <laughs> right, there's two hundred and six bones, isn't there? What? I don't. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> How many bones are in your body? There are 206 bones in your human body. Yes. <laughs> okay. That's a very specific. <laughs> well, yeah, it's very specific. <laughs> there's like there's a right answer. It's not a general. <laughs> If you doctor, if you ask a doctor how many bones are on, like, oh, somewhere, I'd like to say. Uh... <laughs> I realized what I had said. I was like, hang on, that's awfully specific. It's yeah, it's not divisible by much. It's it's not a range, right? You would think you would think like two hundred ten, two hundred somewhere you know. between one eighty five and two forty <laughs> on a on a good day. Two hundred and six. That's so specific. The like, average person has two hundred and six bones in their body. All right. Well, what is average? Um, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I have not really been thinking about what Burke looks like when he's down there. It's really gross. Mm-hmm. And you know, like we say, a fall, but he's falling down those stairs. So there's mm-hmm. probably like blood and viscera like all the way down the stairs. Like right, right. Yeah, yeah. Not very pleasant. No, definitely not. Yeah. And we, you know, uh, we don't get to see uh, much because of that huge crowd that's around when um, right. when Chris is driving home. Yeah. Right. Um, and yeah, so this is it, folks. This is like the famous exorcist thing, right? I mean, of course, it's more famous when another character does it, but this is the first mention of the head turning all the way around. Right. Um, I like how we hear about it first. We don't see it, um, except in our mind's eye, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like 
we just did. You guys went on a journey with us. If I, if I keep any of that in, um, and it's such an unnatural thing, right. That it's hard to picture it. Like in the book, it's the same. We talk about it a couple of times before ever seeing it. Mm -hmm. And I think that adds to the shock of when we finally do see it. And, and visually like it's a perfect way for Reagan to say, yes, I killed Burke Dennings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without her saying that, right? Uh, in fact, all she has to say, and it's so effective in that scene, is do you know what she did, mm-hmm. right? All while her head is all the way around, right? Because right. uh, she, she, because she's saying it with her head turned around, we have no doubts about what she's talking about. Yeah, at the same time, this is the first time that I've uh, put that together. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that, that Reagan's head turning around is like Burke's head turning around. Yes, yes. I, I've seen this movie several times, as I said, and I have a podcast about it, but that, yeah, mm-hmm. until you said it right now, I didn't put that together. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, but no, like, yeah, no, no. Now I, it's very I, obvious. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But no, I, I really like that I, that um, that that little detail right, mm-hmm. that we're going to see. You don't have to. I, I guess, like, I wonder if I had read the book before I had seen the movie, if I would be more in Chris's head, more in her shoes about like the the fear that her daughter had possibly been the one who mm-hmm. killed Burke Dennings. Right. And then we find out about the head being turned around and then we see Reagan's head turn around. Like, I wonder if that would have more of an impact if I were coming to that without like all of the exorcist. Like, it's impossible. How do you do that right. now? You can't, right. right? Like, that's the first thing you think of when you think the exorcist is is yeah. that scene where her Your movie's too famous. You know what your problem is, Billy? Billy Friedkin? Your movie's too famous. Your movie's too good. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're we're jumping ahead. Let's get back jumping to jumping a backwards here. head. Jumping a backwards head, right? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> um, so we cut to a shot of Karis's reaction, and I'm pretty sure it's safe to say that this is the first time he's heard this little bit of the story. What do you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely, right? No one's heard this except for the cops, or if you happen to be down there that day, right? Um, right. I like this shot. So we cut to to Karis um, over Kinderman's shoulder, but we cut the camera's on the other side of this chain link fence. So yes. it's sort of uh, blocking us completely from our view of um, of Karis's face. It reminds me of, uh, because it's chain link fence with this kind <gasps> of um, um, triangular form. Yeah, it reminds me yes. of the shots in Bellevue where we have yes. um, him behind these, these fencings. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's standing there. He's like, am I going crazy now? Right. Yeah. Like what is happening here? Yeah. Right. Oh, Somebody I, I had seen around and have mm-hmm. heard in the papers. Now it's something even worse than I thought. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even put that together. Yeah. He's, he's right up against a, um, a mesh, uh, chicken wire yeah. type thing. Very, okay. very similar to the Bellevue shots. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. So, it, um, yeah, in any case, he he reaches out to steady himself, right, on this chain link fence here, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks like maybe he's processing the information and then he sort of nods to himself. Mm-hmm. Um, this tiny little bit of acting here, like as the wheels are turning, as he is uh, taking all this in, as he is processing and, and coming up with the next thing. There's so much here. Jason Miller is doing a great job. And so after a little bit, he asks, did it happen in the fall? He already knows the answer. He's already putting the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, we cut back to Kinderman, who allows that it's possible. uh, And then he gets up and moves away. Again, at this point, he has Damien and he is leading him, or or at least that's, you know, what it seems like, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Possible, however, right? That's what he finishes Mm -hmm. with. And then Damien jumps in and he says, unlikely. Right. 
now he's in. Now he's invested. He catches up to Kinderman and he sort of folds his arms. Um, so and, and Kinderman continues. He says, so on the one hand, we got a witchcraft kind of murder. And on the other hand, a black mass type desecration, desecration in the church. Um, and Karis jumps in it again. He says, uh, you think the killer and the desecrator are the same? right? Not a question. He's putting two and two mm-hmm. together, right? Kinderman shrugs, but it's a calculated shrug, right? This is all part of the shtick, right? Part of his schmaltz, <laughs> right? As as, uh, as he would say. Oh, two great, great Yiddish words. Mm-hmm. Shtick, schmaltz. Yeah, right. And Kinderman has the model. Right, right, right. Yep, precisely. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he says, maybe somebody crazy, maybe somebody with a spite against the church, mm-hmm. right? And he, he's he's putting that all out there, right? He's he's laying the breadcrumbs and, and Karis is... Uh, is is eating him up. He's invested. Yeah. Um, now, well, he's laid out the breadcrumbs. He walks away again, and Karis has to follow him. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he has to say, "Come with me." Again, he just starts walking. Now he's testing. I think to see whether Karis is like, "Oh, you know, he's hooked. He wants to know more about this. He right. needs to know more about this." Yeah, yeah. And actually, okay, so that's something I didn't even have in my notes, but mm-hmm. uh, from Karis's perspective, right, knowing what we know about Karis, right, and he's undergoing this crisis of faith. He's 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 just um, mm-hmm. experienced a death, right, of somebody very close to him. Um, yeah, like like what is his motivation for like sticking with Kinderman? Like, does he have like maybe a selfish or a personal like like oh, I need to find out more about this um, desecration slash murder because it'll answer some questions for me? Or, oh, like, that's really interesting. Yeah, I was still on the tack. You know, you shouldn't trust what characters say because usually it, it's there's subtext that we should be you know listening to instead. So like right. that's your training as an actor. You're like, oh, you say this, you say this, which is probably a lie. Most of the things you say are a, a lie or a lie of omission at least, right? right. So I was we have, still- We even have like exercises mm-hmm. within, you know, like within, uh, um, you know, acting classes and mm-hmm. stuff like that where you change the script and right. you just say the subtext. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yes, but I'm still taking him at his word that like he's concerned about, um, about you know, whatever priest that, Kinderman is laying it down, right? That he mm-hmm. thinks that it's a, a priest who's done this, and uh, yeah. and then Karis will say that. Well, he doesn't know anyone who fits that, so um, I'm still in that mode that he's trying to protect whoever this is that Kinderman is suspecting. Mm. Um, but you know, I think yours is a lot better. Yours is much deeper. That no, he's like, well, if I were to go down this path a little bit, you know, worse than I am now, would I be mm-hmm. the type of person who, you know, um, kills a, kills somebody or mm. desecrates the statue of Mary? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. very interesting. interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think, it, I think it could be a, a bit of both, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I don't know. Uh, uh, I, I, I wasn't necessarily uh, thinking of uh, Karis kind of like putting himself in mm-hmm. uh, that position. But I mean, just like here we have a person who's, who's looking at the statue of Jesus, who's looking at the statue of Mary, who's looking at all of the, you know, pomp and circumstance of mm-hmm. the Catholic Church and wondering, like, what does it all mean? Right. And then, you know, you're hearing about a murder and you're hearing about a desecration and, you know, these attacks, um, you know, uh, 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 directed toward the church. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like, like, I, I feel like that would do something within a person who is strong in their faith mm-hmm. differently than to a person who like Karis, like, like what, what is the, uh, you know, what switches are, are turning on and off uh, inside him right now? Right. Like finding out about this stuff. Right. So something interesting to think about. Um, now, I don't know how much I want to talk about it here. Um, or, or in our next scene with Kinderman uh, when he goes to visit Chris. But mm-hmm. I guess we can split it up. But actually, uh, his visit with Chris happens first in the book. Uh-huh. 
And you get this whole introduction as this sort of uh, harmless, absent-minded, again, as Blatty puts it, basset hound, just just sort of like waddling around and making these funny observations. And then as soon as he leaves the McNeil home, you realize it was all an act and, and he's really this like very shrewd, very clever detective. And so by the time he meets Damien, we're already on to him. Uh-huh. And he still does his act, his schmaltz, but we can appreciate it for the brilliant pageantry that it is. Um, and I love that in the book because it's it's not a like one-two punch. Like um, it, it, it's like a one-two-three punch, right? Mm-hmm. You meet him the first time and you're like, oh, wow, Blatty did a really good job here. He wrote this really funny character. Then you see how clever he is and you're like, oh, wow, Kinderman's really clever. And then you realize you're like, no, wait, Blatty's really smart, <sighs> right? Like this is this is uh, only the first scene we have uh, with movie Kinderman, but I feel like already it's a little downplayed. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess we'll have to see as we go. I'm I'm, I'm going to be paying special attention to our next scene with him. You know, um, at, at the same time, I think Blatty made a crucial mistake in referring to him as this Basset Hound like detective, and then not mm-hmm. giving us an actual Basset Hound being a detective. <laughs> I think this is a common common mistake that that writers do. Yes, right. They promise um, us something else. <laughs> if I if if I've forgotten everything else in my writing classes, um, I, I remember that anytime I compared a human to an animal, mm-hmm. my writing teacher um, would just say, "Just have the animal." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Cut out What's the middle horse man. Name, right. <laughs> Get a horse man in there. Come right, on. Exactly. <laughs> Right. Can you imagine, right. right? The Exorcist. We have we have the Horseman, and mm-hmm. we have we have Basset Hound Kinderman. <laughs> right, and Max is is compared to a gorilla, but again, I mean, not Max. Oh gosh, see what I did? Carl, yeah, Carl. Is compared to a gorilla, but if he was an actual gorilla, mm-hmm, five stars, mm-hmm. no notes. I'm just saying, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, oh, okay, this is good. Oh, we've fallen in the animal trap. Let's do it. Let's do it. I didn't even expect this. Okay, we gotta we gotta cast every. This is all right. This here is, we this, go. This is Exorcist, the Zootopia. Zootopia. Cut. <laughs> who's who? Who's right. what? Let's do it. All right. Kinderman is a basset hound. Obviously, yes. Obviously, um, the horseman is a horse. The horseman is a horse. So what is or, Sharon? Or is the horseman <laughs> uh-huh. a man <laughs> in this world? And Sharon is a horse. Yes. She's like a pony. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There right. we go. We figured it out. Okay. I think Reagan is like a fox, so sometimes she can be like really cute, but also really kind of you know cunning a little bit. Oh yeah, a little bit mischievous. I'm uh, like, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, we got that. Yeah. If Willie okay. is a gorilla, then maybe or Carl um, is a gorilla. Oh yeah. gosh, I'm sorry. Carl is a gorilla, so Willie must might be like a mouse or something. She's a tiny little mouse. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we got I would Carl like and Willie. To see yeah. the Beatles. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will go see this film about Mozart. <laughs> So yeah, what would you do with Chris? My first thought was like a peacock, hmm. but that's a male uh, male bird. So yeah, yeah, huh? Yeah, what would that be? I, like now, I'm thinking of dumb birds and, and things like that. Right? <laughs> is she a flamingo? Is she, hmm. is she something kind of ostentatious? Yeah. Well, I mean, is she showy? I mean, like I mean, she's famous, Chris McNeil. She's famous, Chris McNeil. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, this is a good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, folks, what do we think for Chris McNeil? <laughs> I mean, okay. So uh, just just so we're just just so I'm clear with the rules, because um, we got we got Willie and Carl, and it's mm. a mouse and a gorilla. Right. So relation wise, we're not we're not like uh, matching species. We're like an- anybody can be no, anybody. No, no, right? we're not fascists like they okay. uh, like all the all the classic cartoons where okay. <laughs> foxes just have sure. to mate with foxes. Yeah. Good. Okay. Ridiculous. So so it's ridiculous. Okay. So because Reagan's a fox, we don't have to. Have <laughs> no, absolutely Chris not. Fox. Absolutely okay. not. 
All this right. is 2023 or whatever this right. is. Lester. Well, I know what I know what Howard is. Oh. Howard is an ass. <laughs> good, 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 yeah. good. Um, well, yeah, Chris, uh, yeah, you think of Chris. I, I'm going with Flamingo for now. Okay, Flamingo. I like Flamingo. Yeah, Flamingo works. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's see. And then we go. Father Marin is a baboon, I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's very, like. As soon as you said it, it makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, he's sort of baboon-like. Yeah, it, I'm thinking Rafi- like Rafiki yes. in a priest's outfit. Yes, yeah. absolutely, he's a Rafiki. Right. There we go. We got we got all these apes here. Yeah. Oh, and then uh, Damien, we don't have one. Oh, what? okay, let's see. Hmm. I'm looking at it. He looks very sad. Yeah, he's got that sad face. He seems to me like a bird. Okay, some kind of sad bird. Yeah, like a, like a crow. Yeah, um, I like that. Not a Dom yeah. DeLuise crow. <laughs> no, 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 not no, Dom no. DeLuise crow. crow. No, no, yeah, no. you know, he's his own little sad boxing crow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> boxing crow. Right. There we and, go. Um, yeah, and I would say like uh, Mary is probably like a um, like a, a mothering sort of a um, like a hedgehog, sort of oh, stout that's, and yeah, that's perfect and, and tough. Yeah. But then when she gets sick, you know, it's really sad. And mm-hmm. um, Uncle Tito's, um, hmm. Oh. What would he be? He is, oh, he is, I don't want to say a pig. <laughs> I think he's kind of like a bear, like a little, like a sun bear or something. Like a, Oh, yeah. No, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah, he's, mm-hmm, just, he's mm-hmm. sort of like a blue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It's a tail spin, tail spin. <laughs> <laughs> What is it? What is it? like the the one thing I remember? Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> I don't I don't even know. Exactly. I don't even know if that's actually in there. That's Baloo, sure. <laughs> that, yeah, that's yeah, Uncle sure. Tito's. Yeah, and, okay. um I'd say Mary Mary Jo Perrin is one of those um like slow loris lemurs with the huge eyes that just sort of stares oh, at you. Okay. <laughs> just, uh... mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and then Father Dyer. What do you think? Oh. Him? I was going to say, I mean, like a meerkat. Like, I'm thinking, <laughs> like Timon and Father Dyer, just like <laughs> right, boom, Nathan boom, Lane, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so exactly. we got that. Yeah. All right. There we go. Yeah. Anyone we oh, oh, forgot? Well, uh, Captain Howdy. Oh, no. I don't know what Captain Howdy's going to be. I don't, yeah. Because he doesn't really have a body. Hmm. And he, it's not good to say he's a monkey. No, that's not right. Because we've already, because, because, because in this movie he is. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Captain Howdy, he kind of sneaks in and he does. Yeah. He might be a raccoon. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I like that. Raccoonie. Oh, because he's puppeting Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> so he's a raccoonie. All right. <laughs> Oh, it's perfect. perfect. It's perfect, guys. We got to get on this. We got to make this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you lay down the framework as Blatty has done, it's easy to, to cast these people in different. Uh... <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Um, oh, what the hell is his name? Who? Uh, President. Um, the real guy. Um, Nixon? Tom Tom uh, Birmingham. Oh, Tom Birmingham. <laughs> Proboscis monkey. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> This is the first thing that came to mind. Okay, yeah. Um, but yes, so Kinderman mentions uh, some stuff about Black Mass here. And I was waiting for this. Actually, Blatty talks even more about it in the mm-hmm. book. So- we have had uh, someone talk about it before, right? Like um, uh, at the at the party, Father Dyer's like, oh, if you want to hear about Black Mass, you should talk to Damien. Right, right. And Chris is particularly interested in this, um, which I thought was a, a – 
an interesting character trait. Like in the book, she's she's uh, pestering a lot of people about Black Mass. She oh. wants to know about Black Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that, like whenever she mentions it, she mentions it like a couple times at the party and everybody just kind of gets like really, really hushed about it. It's like, oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there she is again about, going on about Black going Mass. Going on about Black Mass, right? <laughs> uh, what if, do you go back to another party at Chris McNeil's house? <laughs> Like ever, like after after, after the like, little girl pissed on the floor, yeah. and then we never well, saw Burke again. <laughs> before that, before that, mm-hmm. you go like when when the party is going nicely, mm-hmm. you got the hostess like like talking about black mass, and she won't <laughs> shut up about black mass. And then uh, yeah, her daughter comes down and pees on the rug, right. and then you all leave the party mm-hmm. out of discomfort, and then like one of you doesn't leave the party, right? And you yeah, do you that. ever go back? Do you ever go back? And to then another? that astronaut you met uh, aborted the moon landing. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he aborted the moon mission. <laughs> like, oh, something was pretty crazy going on over that party. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like. Oh, I, and like, then and then two more priests die. In that house. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we don't know what the cover story is they, they come up with, like, about these two priests dying there. Like, do they also slip down the stairs together yeah. in some wacky um, Laurel and Hardy type situation? They were, they were bringing my piano up, officer. And, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, where's your piano, ma'am? I, oh, oh, well, well yeah, that's how badly it went. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably down by O Street by now. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, down on Tori Tori and Tori. Yeah, like that. We're going to get to that minute. It's like, yeah, how do you how do you explain? Like, what does that look like in the papers? You know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, imagine you know, uh, a year goes by, three hundred and sixty-five days, and you get a letter from Chris McNeil. It's like, hey, it was so great having you at last year's party. Um, you might remember me. I'm the one. Uh, I'm the famous actress, star of stage and screen, uh, obsessed with black mass, and also my daughter peed on the rug. Um, anyway, so next week we're having a little thing, and yeah, I just wondered if you'd like to come. Don't bring anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your presence will be your presence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> wear wear um, rubber shoes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So oh, okay. So yeah. So so Kinderman mentions Black Mass, and so yeah. I I, I wanted to talk about this. I actually, I, <laughs> folks, I I actually had a much bigger section here. I was going to give you the history of witchcraft in Western Europe and its evolution into what we now know as Wicca, mm. and I was going to talk about the spread of Christianity throughout Western Europe and how these two religions got along and how they didn't get along and and why they didn't get along. And halfway through my notes, I realized, Jesus Christ, it's an anthropology lecture. I got to dial it back. Oh, that's um, what I like. That's why I tune into this show. <laughs> but yeah, and, and you know, it's like, that's who I am. Like right. I'm, I'm a history nerd, specifically when it comes to religion, you know, comparing, contrasting, finding meaning, finding like the through lines, connecting us all to uh, uh, the human condition, right? You know, I love that stuff, right? Um, uh, but we're here with Karis and Kinderman and like, I don't want to stray too far this, from the story. Right? Um, <laughs> I hear that. I hear all of the listeners, right? But Lester, I hear you say, you've fallen into so many stupider and less interesting traps before this. Why stop now? Mm-hmm. Because dear listener, this trap, this history of witchcraft and its, and its relation or lack thereof to Christianity is so deep. We may never get out. That's not a trap. That's a whole podcast, which I would probably do if I had more time because it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. And if you want to talk or hear more about this after this episode, write us in and let us know. And I'll be happy to talk your ears off about all this stuff. Um, but for the sake of the show and for the sake of this minute, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the bare bones, which is still pretty exhaustive. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so so the first thing 
<clears throat> we are uh, uh, talking about a, a bunch of things, actually, as if they were one thing. So that's our first problem, right? We're talking about a bunch of things as if they're one thing. We're talking about pagans, which I, I think we might have talked about before on the show, is just another word for anyone who is not Christian. Right. right? They're the religion of the country, right? Right. Yeah. So it comes from the word uh, pagani, which basically just meant the country folks, right? Like mm. the backwards, you know, the hillbillies, the hicks, you know, it was it was a derogatory term in that sense, right? It was it, it meant that you were not with the times, mm-hmm. right? You practiced an old, outdated religion, right? So the Vikings were pagans, right? When they came to England to, to settle, right? Mm-hmm. The ancient Romans and the ancient Greeks were pagan, right? Um, notice, none of these pagans worshipped Satan, right? They had their own gods, which, yeah, the church saw as uh, false or maybe even like devils in disguise, but pagans were not openly worshiping a Christian devil, right? So so that is important to keep in mind, right? It's the, it's the if you're not with us, you're against us thing, mm-hmm. right? They weren't worshiping Satan, but in the eyes of the, the, the church, they might as well be. But right? they wouldn't even know who Satan was until they interacted with Christians. Precisely. And that, again, like very, very good point, Keenan. Um, yeah. And so keep that in mind, folks. So that's pagans, right? Um, pagans basically just non-Christians, right? Actually, even Dante, right? When when Dante wrote his Divine Comedy, you know that that fan fiction that people are constantly confusing with the actual Bible, <laughs> right. um, with the circles of hell and all that, right? Um, they like a lot of people. A lot of people think like they they they, they cannot differentiate between uh, Dante and Milton and like the actual uh, uh, Bible, mm-hmm. right? right? It's become um, part of Christian mythology. Yes, right. But in his book, Dante actually meets. uh, great thinkers of the past, philosophers and and people that he admires, but he meets them in hell. Mm -hmm. They were ancient Greeks, so they were pagan, right? Even even Virgil, his guide through hell and purgatory, can't go with him once he, you know, goes to level three, you know, goes to heaven (laughs) because he's pagan. Virgil is pagan, right? So so he has to get a new guide, right? Beatrice, you know, Beatrice, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, so that's pagans, right? Pagans equals non-Christians, right? So now, witches. And this kind of became uh, an umbrella term like pagans, but originally this was a specific type of pagan religion which was popular in Western Europe. Again, it predates the arrival of Christianity to Western Europe. And actually, I don't even think it had a name. I, I, we know it as Wicca, Wicca now. Um, and from what I understand, Wicca is like a revival of this old religion. Like a lot of stuff was lost or destroyed or just not written down. A lot, a lot of the older religions didn't write stuff down. The Vikings mm-hmm. uh, uh, didn't have a, a, a written alphabet. They had runes, but they didn't, you know, like like write anything on scrolls or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually one reason that Christianity was kind of able to like steamroll over them so easily was because they were really good at writing shit down and keeping records and names and dates and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. It's that it's that Roman influence. Thanks, Constantine, right? Mm-hmm. Hashtag thanks, Constantine. Right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so modern Wicca is sort of a revival of this older religion, which again was there in Europe before Christianity and which sort of rubbed Christians the wrong way for lots of reasons. One, Christianity is monotheistic, right? The old religion, Wicca, or what, what is now Wicca, is polytheistic. Two, Christianity condemned any sort of uh, sexual behavior and also sexual desires, sexual feelings, sexual thoughts even as evil, right? It it wasn't part of the human condition. It wasn't part of the human experience. It was from the devil. It was unclean. It was impure. And just having 
feelings or thinking about stuff meant that you were losing the battle with Satan. Right? Mm-hmm. You were you were weak and you had to pray to uh, get back to grace. Right? Um, witchcraft saw sex as part of the human experience. Right? The human condition. It 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 was it wasn't just okay. It was celebrated. Fertility was a huge part of this religion, both with like plants and crops, and also with people. Right? They recognized it as the same thing: giving birth, planting the seed, literally and metaphor. Well, no, literally and literally. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is the thing that we do to make more people, to make more of us. Right? It's baked into like human biology, so it should be part of our religion and not hidden away like a a, a dirty secret. Mm-hmm. Right? And so that's that's number two and three. And this is probably the thing that got Christians the most upset. Um, Christianity was very patriarchal, mm-hmm. pa- patriarchal, patriarchal, whatever, right? But yeah, God is a dude. Jesus is a dude. Adam is the master of Eve, right? Mm-hmm. And and this is true of all the uh, the Abrahamic religions, right? Like like the man, the husband, the master, right? Witchcraft was split equally between masculinity and femininity. Um, half of the year. Uh, uh, spring and summer was devoted to the goddess, right? You know, giving birth, giving life, uh, reproduction, regeneration, flowers blooming, crops growing. And as a result, the depiction of the the goddess is usually surrounded or or even combined with uh, plants and plant life, right? The the woman is the one who brings human life, so she must also control the plants and the crops. Mm -hmm. So we pray to her, right? So the woman was celebrated and even venerated for fertility and growing things and the men were responsible for hunting and building. And just like the goddess was an amalgamation of like the female form and plants, the god was a combination of man and animal, usually whatever animal was like indigenous to that area, mm-hmm. um, like, a, like a stag or sometimes a goat. And so he would be man-shaped but with antlers or horns mm-hmm. okay. and hooves. Do you see where I'm going with <laughs> right, this? I think so. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, but again, completely separate from Christianity, uh, as unrelated to it as uh, as ancient Greek or ancient Norse or Buddhism or Shintoism or mm-hmm. or uh, the religion of the indigenous peoples of, of the Americas, right? It's a completely unrelated, but still a threat to the church because it was competition. It was there before they got there and it was older. It was more established. It was more popular. It was the Coke to Christianity's Pepsi, <laughs> right? And they and they just did their thing. Like even when Christianity started to spread out into the boonies, to the outskirts, to the um, to the heaths where the heathens lived, mm-hmm. right? Uh, church officials were like shocked to see these hillbillies doing like a, a combination of Christianity and the old religion. Like like they were incorporating the Christian tapestry of into their like already established traditions. So like in Viking settlements uh, that were like newly uh, Christianized, you would have depictions of Jesus with a spear, like Odin, mm-hmm. or with or with a hammer, right? And the church is like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> well, it's like Coke and Pepsi. If if Pepsi's first commandment was that thou shalt have no other colas before me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So that's like that's right? like the first rule of the Abrahamic religions is <laughs> no, 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 no. You can't, you cannot have right. Can't have what about Seven Up? Well, Seven Up is like. I don't know. That's that's like Eastern religion. Right? <laughs> they don't make you choose. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you got that right. You got those those pesky pagans who won't conform. Right. Then you got problems within the church itself. Right. You got all these uh, non-standard, unorthodox church activities. Right. Like uh, priests would hire themselves out to perform 
personal masses, uh, sometimes called low mass or or a hmm. votive mass, right? Even and they would even like curse individuals. <laughs> like you could hire a priest to perform a mass to like curse somebody, right? <laughs> and they would put like, they would put that person's name in a mass for the dead. Well, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I would do it, but that sounds pretty badass. I mean, it's like, well, there you go, right? <laughs> right. Or or again, like going back to Aladdin's genie, right? Like <laughs> you could have a mass. Right. You could you could call on a priest to make someone fall in love with you. Oh. And I'm talking Christian priests, right? right? Like, like are, are hiring themselves out to do this, right? Um, which I don't know. Like, what is it? What is it? Uh, you know, she doth protest too much. This yes. sounds kind of like pagan. This is like this is what they were accusing witches of doing, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like cursing people and, and love spells and all this stuff, right? But again, not witches, mm-hmm. right? This is this is like uh, rogue priests who, you know, again, like the church. Doesn't like them doing this, but mm-hmm. they were the ones doing this, right? right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you got like some clerical students; they would become disillusioned. They would they would become like these wandering uh, uh, mercenary monks, right? Mm-hmm. And they would perform these satirical masses to Bacchus or <laughs> or or Decius, the god of dice, mm-hmm. right? Uh, the uh, Keenan, like like you saw Hunchback of Notre Dame, Disney's Hunchback of Notre yes, Dame, uh, right? Based on uh, um, uh, 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 a Hugo, oh Hugo, Hugo. Mm-hmm. Not Hugo Weaving, Not Lester. <laughs> Victor Hugo. Victor Hugo. It's the name of two of the gargoyles. God damn it. Right? You know, Notre Dame de Paris, right? Yes. Um, was the name. Yeah. Like, so there's there's a feast of fools, right? The yeah. festival Topsy of fools. Topsy-turvy, la, 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 la. Yes, yes. right? Yes. Um, that was a parody mass. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was that was performed at festivals. It was like a like a um like a like a joke mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I guess they would call it a low mass, right? Um, and he wasn't he wasn't the king of fools. He was the pope of fools, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. And this was performed by clergy or clerical students under the church's nose, right? And the church didn't mm-hmm. like it, but like it was them that was doing it, right? But that's also how they were getting paid, I guess. Like there wasn't like, I don't know if I'm just bringing capitalism into it as a Marxist, mm-hmm. but like like otherwise the church didn't have a way to to pay them. Well, I mean, like I think I think they, they were getting their money like in other ways too, like, you know, like tithing and, mm-hmm. and just like, you know. Just, right, but if they're making a side business, right? I mean, if correct, they were, yes. were going to say like, oh, you can't do that anymore, that would mean that the church would have to make up that income. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm just being too much I, of a Marxist. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Like, like I, I didn't go into uh, uh, the research deep enough to, mm-hmm. to know whether or not like these mercenary priests would pocket that money mm-hmm. or they would give it to the church. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, eh, well, who knows? Who knows? Um, somebody knows. Somebody smarter than us. Um, but yeah. So, so you got that. So you got you got pagans uh, being pagans, right? Pagans going to pagan, right? Um, you got uh, uh, folks within the church just kind of like you know uh, making a joke out of the whole thing, and then you got these early Christian uh, sects, right? S e c t s, right? Sects, right? Which are sort of doing their own thing as well, right? Like, for example, the Gnostics, mm-hmm. right? G-N-O-S-T-I-Z-S, right? Which, again, I, like, I could do a whole thing uh, on them, right? But for this this uh, episode, let's just say that they were a sect of early Christians who were viewed as heretical by the church, mm-hmm. and they were the ones, not witches, they were the ones who were rumored to be performing travesties of the Catholic mass with real blood mm. and uh, semen and other stuff, which I'm not going to get into, mm. right? And they would use like human bodies as altars. And mm, and okay. um, it was rumored that they would eat babies and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Again, all all hearsay, right? This this heresy is hearsay. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. Um, and that would, that would later be called 
black mass, right? Again, these are the Gnostics, not the witches, right? Just to be clear, right? Um, meanwhile, like I said, you had witches doing their own thing, right? Practicing their own religion, but like seen as an equal threat uh, to the church, right? But like completely unrelated, right? So, so we got we got enemies within the church, and we got enemies without the church, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, the first instance in which these two unrelated threats were actually associated with one another was during the witch hunts, and it is here that you get the association with witches and the devil. So from this point, witches were no longer just another religion like Buddhism or or Judaism or Islam. The witch hunts were the first instance in which you had propaganda saying that this other religion, which mm-hmm. again was here before Christianity in Western Europe, um, this other religion was created solely to oppose Christianity, mm-hmm. right? They didn't worship other gods. They worshiped the devil. And I'm not even talking about like um, – you know, when early Christians saw other pagans worshiping other gods, they'd be like, oh, the devil is tricking them. No, 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 mm-hmm. no. I'm saying that the witch hunts put forth that witches weren't like those pagans. They knew full well that God was God right. and they chose to worship the Christian devil. And so, of course, according to the witch hunts, they practiced black mass and almost everything we know or think we know about Black Mass comes from a few books which were uh, circulating around the time of the witch hunts, especially the Malaeus Maleficarum and the Compendium Maleficarum, which were basically handbooks on how to spot a witch and what to do when you find one. Spoilers, in all instances, you torture them until they die (laughs) uh, uh, and or confess, Mm -hmm. right? Um, All this to say, All of this to say, this type of anti-Christian witchcraft, right, including black mass and devil worshiping, is all bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's Christian propaganda against this other religion, which has ramifications all the way up to today. Because when I say witch, like I'm going to say – I say the word right now. I say witch, right? Most people have an image in their mind of a cackling Halloween witch, right? The Wicked Witch of the West, Mm -hmm. right? Which which is a descendant of the monstrified devil-worshipping witch that the church created to scare people, right? It it has become its own thing. Um, And I think as people are learning more and and modern witches are even sort of – like like reclaiming some of these aesthetics, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, they're they're uh, oh, they're owning them and they're they're um, like changing them, right, and making them positive. Um, but there are still plenty of Christians out there um, who associate witches with devil worship, and they see them as purely anti-Christian and not their own religion, which is what they are. They are their own religion, right? And so that that's that uh, singles them out for even more disdain than, say, a, a heretic or a, a, a Muslim, right? Because right. The, the idea is like, oh, they've been exposed to Christianity because that's sort of the idea in Christianity is is once you spread the good news, then why would anybody say otherwise, you know? Right. So the, the other religion religion is just, so good. It's like, why right. would you turn away, right? They, yeah, yeah, they're just ignorant of it. But the witches have, um, have all the knowledge of it and decided to be anti-Christian, which is right. its own other thing that deserves special, um, special disdain. Yeah, yeah. Hmm, right. That's really and, interesting. Mm, yeah, thank you. Um, and yes, folks, uh, I know we haven't even touched on Satanism, right? Like, you know, I have all these notes about Levee and Satanism, right? That, you know, sprouted up in the 1970s, right? And that's its own thing as well, right? I, I feel like we've run a little bit long here. We, we might touch on that down the road. Um, but for now, I think that's, that, that's all my notes for uh, this minute. And 
one more thing, uh, guys, um, again, just uh, like we are not doctors, um, <laughs> neither of us are religious scholars, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, I grew up Catholic and, and I, I study these other religions because I'm, I'm a nerd and I'm fascinated by them. But I mean, I took philosophy 120 at the community college of Southern Nevada. So I feel, I feel quite an expert in this case. You're a yes. regular Aristotle. Right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I think I got an A. It's been a while. I don't remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I looked at, I looked at, uh, Plato for a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working with Plato in uh, in one of our classes, mm-hmm. and uh, and I actually made a horsey. <laughs> I was always jealous of the people who had those McDonald's Play-Doh ones, where they can make little McDonald's French fries out of their Play-Doh. Oh God, yeah, I never got anything like that. Do we have Do we have that anymore? Is that like oh, too dangerous oh, for kids? Oh, I, I know they have all sorts of much fancier Play-Dohs than we had out there for sure. Different flavors, yeah. <laughs> right? It's like acai flavored now, and uh, yeah, oh my matcha. God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with that green tea Play-Doh. Oh my God, right. <laughs> But anyways, that was really fascinating stuff, Lester. Thanks for bringing mm-hmm. up all that stuff. Um, I know you're sometimes worried, are we going too far off? And are we you know, discussing things that aren't specifically about the minute? But that's the kind of thing I would like to listen to if I were listening to a podcast. So I appreciate it. Oh, well, that's good. Okay, then, then yeah, that, that gives me a little bit more uh, confidence to, uh, yeah, to let, my, to, to let my nerd flag fly. Um, <laughs> but that brings up all these differences in like, okay, the Christianity being patriarchal um, and, you know, pagan religions tending to seem just by the fact of them being 50-50, tending mm-hmm. to see more feminine, even if they were Precisely, right? yes. No, yeah. It, it like uh, and, and folks, I'm going to put up uh, a video by um, a guy named Raymond Buckland, who wrote uh, this, this wonderful book. If you get a chance to read it, it's called The Complete Book of Witchcraft. Mm. Um, and, and he describes like basically like uh, a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about here, um, he, he puts forth in, in much greater detail mm. and he much more eloquently than, than myself. But um, he does a kind of like a video companion to his book, which which I might post in the in the listener group, and and you'll be able to hear from him, um, just kind of like the history and the development of this of this really fascinating religion. Um, but to that point, I just uh, I wanted to finish that up, right? Mm-hmm. Like in the same way that we're not doctors um, uh, or or philosophers, right? Except Keenan, right? um, <laughs> but I I am I am a a. Uh, religion fan, mm-hmm. but maybe not a, a religious expert. Right, so right, right. if I have said anything, if there are witches out there, if there are other pagans or other heathens um, uh, who, who practice other things um, or, or, or other Christians who, you know, cause I've, I've been kind of like heavily kind of like giving it to the Christians in this one. Um, if, if, if I said anything that might be wrong, please, please write in um, mm-hmm. uh, and let us know the exorcist minute at gmail.com right. uh, because we want, we want uh, uh, to, to, to learn on this podcast. Well, you know, I, I, I want, to be respectful of people of all faiths, including Christians. But, you know, mm-hmm. Christianity is the most powerful world religion that's ever existed. And so I think it's okay, Lester, to mm-hmm. talk about where that power has gone too far and persecute yeah, people. I think yeah. that's okay. We're certainly punching up, I think. Right? <laughs> yes, yeah. at the institution and, and these things that are built in. And a lot of Christians, um, you know, when you're in it, you know, you're you're in it because of your faith and, and the love mm-hmm. that brings, et cetera. But, you know, th- there, there are even just phrases like you're talking about. We use the term heathen and pagan mm-hmm. and all those things. And, and those are, you know, mischaracterized based on, um, on, oh, persecution from centuries ago that are influencing yes. you today, whether you are necessarily aware of them or not. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yes. Oh, and, and actually, yeah, Keenan, you, you raise another good point. Oh, um, so, so folks, <laughs> you just, you just on fire, right? <laughs> What are you, a witch in the seventh century? No. Oh, oh wait. That was, that was, that was, oh, oh, wait. Oh, oh, oh. Um, they were no. pressed to death, Lester. They, they were weren't, they weren't yes, burned right. at the stake. 
Yeah. <laughs> well, they were at a time. No, no, I'm saying that, that's the joke. Is that in um, oh, in yeah. in the the uh, Salem witchcraft trials, they were not burned to death; they were pressed. No, to no, death, yes. yeah, right. yeah. The, the burning, the burning, all happened in Europe. Yeah, <laughs> right. That was, um, yeah, we did we did our hangings and our pressings. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, but uh, oh shit, where where? <laughs> oh yeah, you were saying how smart I was. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, Keenan, you you raise another good point. Um, it, so folks, when I when I do uh, criticize um, Christianity, just just be sure that I am criticizing the the institution, mm-hmm. right? Like your your own like spirituality and and I, I like again, like I say, like I you know I was raised Catholic. I, I still consider myself Catholic. Um, I'm talking about like the politics and the um the the structures that humans have built around this faith, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing that I'm criticizing, not the the um, the message itself, let's say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. My favorite philosopher is Jesus Christ. I just want to say that <laughs> again. Well, I've said yeah. it before, but yes, yes. He's mm. incredibly influential to me. I just don't have any religious faith in him. Yeah. He says some, he says, he says says Jesus says some uh, really smart things, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> you know this Jesus guy. I think uh, you know he's gonna go far. Right? We're gonna, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta read one of his books. What is this? Matthew by Jesus. Huh, that's oh, weird. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know Jesus didn't write Matthew. I know. Where do you start? Do you start on on First Corinthians or Second Corinthians? <laughs> well, obviously, you big mook. You start on first. Wait, who's on first? Oh. oh. Jeez. All right. All right. <laughs> all right, Keenan. that is that is all of my notes mm-hmm. uh, for this minute. Um, do we have anything else? No, you taught me a lot. Love listening to it. Great. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, I love talking about it. Um, so yeah, folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I have been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz, and you can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd as Howdy Keenan. Our website for the show is theexorcistminute.com. We also have a Facebook page, so if you like us and you want to share us with your friends, you can head on over there. We also have a listener group on Facebook called Compelling Conversations. Just request to join and we'll let you in and you can be in here with us. And of course, as always, if you'd like to leave us a message, our email is theexorcistminute at gmail.com, all one word. Lastly, if you like the show and you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for a new podcast that's just starting out is to leave a five-star review and that'll help other people find us and we can keep growing this cool community. All right. Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The power of Basset Hounds compels you. What an excellent day for witchcraft. I was thinking how to say that, and I was like, oh, I don't want to make it spooky because that's stereotypical. <laughs> make it make... sexy. Make it swinging with a ring-a-ding-ding. Witchcraft, yeah. Bewitched, so bothered, hey. and bewildered. Am da, da, I? Da, 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 da. Oh, no, wait. That's Dream Gene. <laughs> <laughs>